Hi, welcome to Dear Nikki. My name is Nikki. And if you've been here before, welcome back. (laughs) And if you're new to the show, this show is all about sex and the fantasies that people have. Reading from my emails directly and anonymously sent to me. Together, we explore the experiences of everyday people just like yourself. You never know who I could be reading from. I could be reading from that couple you were sitting across from the other night at dinner. He was vibing her, thinking of ways she was sucking your cock. I could be reading from the woman you stood behind in line for coffee. She secretly is going to have a nice gangbang for Valentine's Day. I could be reading from the gentleman in front of you. He likes to go to glory holes wearing a pair of pink panties and a vibe up his ass while he's giving a BJ. You just never, ever know. And if you have any erotic confessions, fantasies, or questions or anything else, feel free to send them to Nikki at N-I-K-K-Y at DearNikki.com or anonymously through the website at DearNikki.com under the Confessions tab. Just remember by submitting a story or anything else, you certify the following are true. You are the sole creator of the submission. You're 18 years of age or older, legally able to write, submit erotic or pornographic material. Stories including bestiality, incest, incest fantasies, underage role play, rape sex, rape fantasies, or other non-consensual content or racial slurs will not be aired. We reserve the right to change names or other identifiable information and you're releasing all rights to your creation. So I hope everybody had a happy Valentine's Day, or as some of us call it, the fake holiday. I don't need one day. Give me lots and lots of days of lust, eroticism, and flowers if you prefer, but roses are easy to get, right? They just, it's roses. It just seems like it's no effort or um, brain wave into it. You can just walk in store and grab them, right? And if you're going to do roses, do something different for me. Like, I I do love the ones that are multicolored, not the rainbow looking ones. To me, those look cheap and tawdry. And black is cliche. So these ones that I really love, and I I cannot find them anymore, but they're they're white, tipped in uh, really red. They're gorgeous. So I I used to have a company that um, somebody would send them from and they were very, very pretty. And then the, uh, there was a peach one, too, that kind of had like darker peach. When it opened, it looked like a blooming peach. It was really pretty. So again, they're different. And that's just me. But actually, my my favorite flowers, if we all want to know, are daisies. I love daisies. So they're bright and sunny and brighten up any room. And I, as I'm told, kind of like me, which <laughs> no, really, because I kind of find myself sarcastic at times. So When we celebrate the day, you know, that day, what do we do? Do we take our lover out? Do we plan something special? Hopefully it's more than just dinner and drinks. I hope at least you're putting something erotic into it. Um, Maybe sitting around and if you've uh, broached it yet, maybe you're sit really close together and you talk about what you'd like to see your partner or partners do, or maybe with the person across the bar or the hotel or speaking of hotels, how many people go to a hotel at night? Like 
you know, Valentine's Day or any romantic holiday you may have in your country? Do we go and celebrate and maybe explore and see what kind of naughtiness we can have? We have cookies over here. Or do you just talk about it, which is perfectly okay, too? Whatever you do on that special day or did on that special day, I'd really like to know. You know what time it is. It's time to sit back, relax. Let's have a whiskey with some filthy cherries, of course, and explore erotic fantasies from people just like you and me. Hello, Nikki. I was listening to the story of Nick, the guy who has a panty fetish and his wife doesn't take care of him. I'm in a very similar situation. I'm a 54-year-old guy and the roommate is 55 years old. I have been with my wife, roommate, 27 years this year and married for 20. Sex was never over the top in the beginning and it was maybe four to five times a year with it dwindling down to one to two a year with nothing over the all the past three and a half years. I stayed with her because of my own stupidity. I should have left a long time ago. I believed her when she promised she'd work on it, or she'd definitely going to try start trying. She never did. I've heard, I'm tired, maybe tomorrow, this weekend, over and over. Her first husband left her for the same reason. Too tired, never any sex. She's very attractive, and men and women tell her she looks like she's in her late 30s, early 40s. I myself hear that I look like I'm maybe 40. My whole reason for reaching out is I love to play with another or maybe orally with a couple. I don't see many opportunities to do it. And as soon as I explain myself to people online, they become Casper. I'm still horny. Love long hair, great legs, a beautiful ass. And as well as Nick, I have a panty fetish, but more on the long lines of thongs. I also watch a lot of porn to take care of myself and love watching a guy go in and out of a woman on top of him. I'd love to get behind them, lick her ass, his balls, shaft, her ass again. I'd love for her to be on top, reverse cowgirl, giving me access to his balls and shaft and her clit, where I would suck until she explodes. I had an old girlfriend who would squirt sitting on my face while I ate her, and I would swallow her squirt eagerly. Another old girlfriend I had, I would go down on her, bring her to orgasm, stick my tongue in her ass, and would hold while she thrashed around. When she thought I'd given up, I would shove my nose deep in her pussy and tongue in her ass. Hmm, those are the good old days. I don't know if I'll ever have sex with anyone like that again. I just know I'll never be my wife roommate. Sadly, her change of life occurred two years ago and now she just had a total hysterectomy. So I guess I'm resigned to watching others on the net. Regards, Jay. Well, hello, Jay. And no, I'm sorry, you are not, not, not going to resign yourself to watching others on the net. No, you're not. I'm not going to let you. Not physically, anyway. I encourage you and... You know, if someone's not taking care of their house and anything, everything in it and willing to redecorate and move things around and try new things, why not try to find someone to fill that void, right? Here's the thing, you know, when the word affair comes up, 
right? We automatically think of the other person that's having the affair as the horrible person, correct? It's a natural looking for someone to blame. But do we ever stop and take the thought process of not knowing the other side of the story? It's like, we always have to point a finger and say, you're 100% wrong. This is, and, and it, you know, and moralistically, if we're going moral here, it is wrong if we're talking morals, but the story is not about morals or anything else. This is about owning our intimacy with our partner. As we age, our intimacy changes, the things we need to do to get off, the things we need, how long it takes to get off, how long we can stay hard. When you, you are you, you are 100% responsible for your 100% of your relationship, meaning intimacy as well, and sex, lust, all those things, bills, everything. It alters and changes with life. So as a woman who has not gone through all the changes yet, I know that what I wanted in 20 or way I could get off when I was 20 doesn't work with me as 45. It won't. My body changes every day. Do I find still find new things? Absolutely. Are things that I could do my 20s that I do now? Sure. But they don't just ring my bell as much as they do with new things or things I'm doing now at 45. When someone says I just can't and refuses to find a way to can or show initiative, it's very selfish. I I think I've hopefully made that very clear on my show. You not finding, and I I talked to a woman this summer who was saying the same things. And I had to kind of pull her aside and I told her, I think you're being very selfish. Um, You need to find why, why have you giving up on sexual desire for you? Things that, you know, you find 10 years ago, 20 years ago is not gonna be the same as now because your body has changed. So now, since we're all in self exploring here, why aren't we taking the time to explore our new body and find the new way to make it good? You never know. And just like his body, changes or your partner's body changes and desire. Same thing. So where have we gone wrong to find the way that we not only connect? So what I'm saying is this, if you have a partner that's unwilling, maybe they're just not into you. Maybe. And I'm and take out all the medical stuff. I'm only going on with what little information I have. But I do find what Nick and you are going through extremely selfish. But that's my opinion. What do you guys think? I'd really like to know. Dear Nikki, sorry this got a little long. It's from a few years ago when I was in my 20s. I grew up playing sports, and two years after college, I got a career job offer I couldn't pass up a few states away. I took the offer, and when I arrived, I joined the local men's league to meet a few new folks. A bunch of the guys in the league convinced me to put my experience to use and become a certified coach to help their youth program the next season. The guys from my league made sure I was put into a good situation, and the kids were talented so we got off to a good start winning most of our games. A few months into the season, the tournament started, and so did drinking with parents in the hotels. This was pre-COVID. 
at our second tournament, and a bunch of us were at the bar on a Friday night celebrating the win, while the rest of the parents were at the pool watching the kids celebrate. As the night passed, there were only four of us left at the bar. Myself, a couple, I'll call them the Johnsons, and a single mom, I'll call her Mary. I was chatting with Mr. Johnson, talking sports and work, when the last two kids came in. The Johnson's son, Jake, Mary's son, ready to head up for bed. Mrs. Johnson noticed that Mary still had a full drink and offered to make sure Jake got to the room okay because we were all on the same floor. Mary smiled, thanked her, and asked if I was going to stay for a bit. I had a few drinks and was feeling good and thinking that Mary was pretty cute, so why not? Mary was about average height, but fit. She looked like she was blessed with a great metabolism and went to spin class yoga five days a week or both. She had great legs and an ass that I noticed when she wore yoga pants or jeans. She often wore less revealing tops, so I wasn't sure about her breast. I knew she wasn't flat-chested, but I didn't think she was busty either. I hadn't chatted much with Mary other than a few quick conversations about the team, nothing personal. Mary was very personable and open about her life. She was working her way through school when she got pregnant with Jake and his father bailed as soon as she said she was keeping the child. I was really impressed when she talked about finishing school, getting another degree, and a great job while taking care of her son as a single mom. Again, having had a few drinks, I couldn't help but say what came to mind, that she'd look like she'd done a great job taking care of herself, and gave her a wink. She blushed and said thanks. She confessed that she started to try out to lose the baby weight to make her ex jealous, but she realized she felt better and ate well and worked out. Working out had now become her me time, and it was nice to hear someone noticed. I commented that I'm sure a lot of guys have to notice her. She sighed and admitted that she did catch guys glimpsing at her. Her life was either spent at work or with her son, so no one ever approached her. I could sense a hint of frustration as she talked. She then turned the conversation to me and asked if I'd met anyone since moving to town. I admitted I'd been on a few dates, had some fun, but hadn't found the right woman. Her eyebrow raised when I said I'd had some fun. With a devilish grin, she asked if I cared to share the details of had some fun. I panicked a little, not wanting to say something wrong. I said I wasn't one to kiss and tell. Mary took the last sip of her drink and said she just had to let her imagination run wild then, but it was time for her to head up. I finished my drink and said I'd head out too. We continued chatting in the elevator up to our floor. The whole team had a block. We got off the elevator and walked to our rooms. I got to my room first, but it turned out she was next door. I thought about inviting her in, but the chat had cooled off in the elevator and I didn't have a drink to offer, so I felt it was too bold. Once in my room, I saw the door connecting our rooms. Once again, I thought about inviting her over, maybe just knock and see what happens. I decided not to, and got ready for bed. Minutes after brushing my teeth and hopping into bed, I started to think about Mary and slipped my hand in my toy shorts. No sooner did my hand reach my cock and there was a soft knock on the door connecting my room to Mary's. I got out of bed and opened the door. Standing there before me, Mary looked great. 
I don't have a milk fetish, but there was something incredibly sexy seeing her standing there in an old t-shirt and bikini panties. She smiled and said, I heard you don't kiss and tell. Is that true? I laughed and let her in. Mary walked by me and hopped in my bed. I followed and no sooner did I hit the sheets and then we were making out. She claimed she'd been in a dry spell, but her kissing was fantastic. My hands roamed her body, exploring every inch, teasing her more sensitive areas. Her ass felt as great, and I thought it would. My cock stiffened. Eventually, I removed her t-shirt, and wow, her tits were a nice handful, with rocking hard nipples, and her tummy was firm. She should have been showing off more. I kissed along her neck and collarbone, working my way slowly to her nipples. When I finally got there, she rewarded me with the hottest moan. I swirled my tongue around her nipples and even gave them a nibble. Eventually worked my way down to her stomach, kissing and teasing her along the way. I then pulled off her panties, kissing and licking her legs, teasing her by getting oh so close to her pussy before finally zeroing in and eating her out. Her well-manicured pussy was soaking wet and delicious. I was deliberate with my tongue, paying attention to her moans and her body's reactions. Her legs got more and more tense, encouraging me to keep going, starting to focus on her clit. Her moaning increased, and she put her hand on my head and pushed my face into her pussy. Soon, she said, I'm coming, and squeezed her head with my thighs. I kept licking, and eventually she pushed me off. Well, I needed that. But now, I need some cock in me. Do you have a condom? I told her I did, and went for my travel kit in the bathroom to grab one. I tossed her to the condom to open while I stripped. I stood next to the bed while she slipped on the condom on my cock. I grabbed her hips and pulled her to the edge of my bed, doggy style. With her position, I grabbed my cock, lined it up with her pussy, She pushed back as I moved forward. She was so wet, I easily slid in. Even though her pussy was vice, like in its grip, she definitely had been in a dry spell. Her pussy was fantastic, and I picked up the pace. She rocked back and forth slowly, in rhythms with my thrust. Damn, it was a nice view. She was moaning, but decided to take it up a notch, and I took one hand from her hips and grabbed her hair. I gave it a firm pull and the guttural moan, which I felt in her pussy, and I knew she liked it. I kept pulling her hair and pumping from her behind a little longer, but decided it was time to switch positions. I pulled out and spun on her back and grabbed her legs, putting one calf on each other's shoulders. I then penetrated her again, getting deeper than I had before. I was rewarded with, oh, yes. She felt so good, and I wanted to last, so I didn't go too fast but I thrusted slow and steady. Her moaning picked up, and she said I'm getting close. I doubled down and just kept my pace steady as her moans got quicker until her pussy started to quiver and orgasm around my cock. I was getting close as she finished, and I asked where she wanted me to come. I want to taste you, is all she said. I pulled out, stood next to the bed, and took off the condom. She got off the bed and knelt in front of me, grabbing my dick and giving it a few strokes before taking it in her mouth. She only had me in her mouth for a few seconds before my knees got weak and I told her I was going to come. She took my cock out of her mouth and kept jacking me off, 
aiming my cock at her face. I came so hard and plastered her face with a massive load. She licked her lips and said, Mmm, before laughing and commenting, I guess you haven't had fun in a while. Can you get me a towel? I went to the bathroom to snag a towel and handed it to her. She wiped her face and smiled. I didn't realize how much I needed that. It's been years. I told her I was glad she knocked. And that was the best sex I've ever had. I'm sure, she replied sarcastically, even though I was being serious. Then she said, Mind if we cuddle? I hadn't been held in a long time either. We got into bed and she became the little spoon. Her body felt incredible against mine. But we just laid there for a while. Sometime early in the morning, I felt her stir and get up. I enjoyed the last glimpse of her body as she put on her panties and shirt before slipping back into her room. I woke up feeling great the next morning, kicking myself slightly for not trying for round two, but happy I didn't get too greedy. I showered and dressed and headed down for breakfast. In the lobby, I saw Mary and Jake sitting with the Johnsons and their son. I grabbed food and Mr. Johnson waved me over. I sat down and said hello to everyone. Mary smiled, asked my thoughts on upcoming game, just as nothing had ever happened. Austin Well, hello, Austin. My dirty mind had Mr. Johnson enjoying with you guys. <laughs> That's, I mean, I mean, look at the kind of confessions I do read. <laughs> Can you, I mean, I can't be alone, right? I mean, that we thought that the three of them were going to do something, but I'm still happy with what happened. And I love the conjoining door thing. Have you ever been in the situation where you see a very attractive person that you, you know, kind of headed off and there's a connecting door? There's nothing like connecting doors, you know, tapping on them, seeing who's behind the other door. If someone, a stranger, tapped on your door, maybe that you had checked them out in the bar and you find out they're next door, and they answered in a t-shirt and their panties were, ladies, gentlemen, he looks sexy as fuck too. You know, maybe some underwear, boxers that really turn you on. Might have to think about it. But he did come to my door from a balcony connecting to my room, and just his robe, and nothing else. But we'll talk about that another time. Mm, I know. He calls me a tease too. Dear Nikki, so a little backstory. Me and my friends had been friends for a while. One I'd met in the back in primary school, the other two a few years before this event. We'll call them friend one, two, and three. One being my oldest friend. As teenagers done with school, with no money, no car, no place or their own quite yet, we spent most of our time just walking around town or hanging out in parking lots. They really should make accessible activities for young kids with no money. They were skaters, and I would just kind of watch them mess up tricks while I sat on the curb. One day I was quietly watching them as I talked about the girls they were sleeping with. Friend one? Yeah, she gave me head yesterday. Friend two, whoa, on the first date? Friend one, yeah, she's a slut, but I'm not complaining. Friend two, wouldn't that make you a slut? Friend three, it's the slut's fault for failing you. 
she's probably loose. I got kind of hurt they were calling her a slut, and I said something like, I've given a blowjob before, do you think I'm a slut? And then they felt bad and apologized. They kind of protective of me and wanted to fight the dude I'd been with. After that, I don't know how, but we started talking about sex. I don't have a lot of answers for them because I didn't know myself. But I remember being happy when they were including me in the guy talk. After getting to one of their rooms, we were all hanging out. I joked that I'd given the one who didn't have a lot of experience a blowjob because he wasn't rude before. And then they all took it seriously, and I got embarrassed. They started asking about my experience. It escalated a bit quickly, as I think the setting of us being all in the close proximity and the topic at hand made us all a little aroused. Friend 3 said if I really wanted to explain, I'd give Friend 2 a demonstration. I'd gotten on my knees as Friend 2 sat on the bed. He was fairly large size, at least that I remember, and let me do everything. I went fairly slow because I was embarrassed about looking too enthusiastic. He was always the nerdy one of the group, and I never thought of him sexually, so this was definitely odd. He didn't last very long, coming only after two minutes, but it's quite after for a bit Then friend three said it was his turn. We hadn't discussed me doing anything to the others, but he was so sure of himself. The fact that I was on my knees already and that he'd just seen me drink his friend's cum didn't help. I felt incredibly hot all of a sudden and silently walked over to my knees over to friend three. Friend three was pretty average in size, but the second I put it in my mouth over the head, he grabbed my hair and gently started pushing down. It wasn't super forceful, but the fact that the few hours before he was my friend who wanted to protect me and now he was balled up my hair in his fist and he was pushing me down on him made me get progressively turned on. I couldn't help it. I remember after a short time, I kind of gave up and started going faster as I began to enjoy it. He was a bit fair more forceful as time went on. I'm not sure how long it lasted, but it felt like longer. Once he came, he pulled my hair to lift me off, and I remember being a bit dazed until I looked up at him. The wash of humiliation as he sat looking at me so satisfied while holding my hair was overwhelming. I remember one of the others said something like, Let her go, man, which he did. I started cleaning my face with my sleeve, but my hair was still a mess. I remember being really embarrassed by that for next to no reason. I remember really liking that feeling, and it was kind of the first time I realized that the act of kind of slutty, and I didn't mind that. Without beckoning, I elected to scoot over to the friend one's chair. I remember he said he didn't have to while laughing a lot, which he did, and he was nervous, but I kind of wanted to complete the set at this point. I also didn't want him asking the others about it. He was about the same size as friend three, but he was sort of a different shape a bit. I started going at it as well, and I knew how. After some time, time is a bit of a blur at this point in my memory, he put his hand on my head and sort of pet me. For no reason, his petting was more embarrassing than the pulling and pushing down on my head. The positive feedback, even if it was really small and simple, made me feel really happy, in which, in turn, made it really embarrassing. Come to think of it, I think it was embarrassing because I was being more overzealous 
and I couldn't blame it on him pushing my head down like I could with friend three. After the experience, I cleaned up and friend two took me home because it was light and he lived near me. We're still all friends. The entire thing probably took around 15 minutes, but it felt like six hours. This wasn't my last experience with them, but it was my first. Taylor. Well, hello, Taylor. Now, I completely understand the whole element of having sitting at the boys' table, is what we'll call it here. I don't have your experience. I never did this with them, but I was considered one of the boys, a slut to the girls because I hung around all boys and hung around the boys because I felt more comfortable with them um, because they were honest. So eventually, like Taylor, I did hear the guys talk. I mean, eventually it just, I became one of them, although I had really great tits. <laughs> I did date one of them at one point, but I never... We never did any of that or with all of them, you know, but I would prospectively hear their frustrations and what the girls wouldn't do or do or what they did on the weekends and who they did. And I would hear all these things, but never once. And I remember one time, one of them goes, you know, you can have anybody you wanted to here. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, I have a don't fuck where I eat. I just didn't date anybody in school. I just didn't. It just, I don't know, even though if they were attractive, it was just something we all had. I've had this conversation with you. He's And he said, you could get anybody here you wanted to. There's a lot of people that would love to ask you out on a date. He goes, however, they're afraid you're going to punch them in the face. And this was later in life. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't mean to give that impression off. So I don't know where that got lost in translation. Because ladies and gentlemen, I did never, never have had a poker face ever like the bitch race resting face. That was not me. It just didn't. So what about you guys? Ladies, gentlemen, can you think of a way when we were growing up when we were in college or later in life or earlier in life, where we sat around the opposite sex and or just friends and thought, God, I'd love to go ABCD on all of these people right here. I never did not with them. Um, you know, I, I just they were my friends, I didn't look at them in a sexual type of way. It was just more like, you know, one of the guys kind of things. But that's that's me. Could I do this? Again, I don't know. It would really depend and I'd have to put myself in an environment and right now they would have to be all silver haired foxes, as we all know. What about you? I think this is a perfect place to stop for the day. I want to thank you again for joining me. Don't forget, I know I say this every day or every show, crazy winter nights or not winter nights, summer nights, summer nights, it's summer, even though it's winter, June and August. Let me know if you're interested. I'll send you the link and more information. I do believe we're getting close to being sold out, at least in the August one. I really need to check with Cole. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Anyway, and I have something special around the corner. And I hope to be able to tell you as soon as possible. And in closing, hello, lover. Why don't you go sit down with your cup of tea? And I open up that robe. And, uh, give you a nice blowjob while you're reading Spy Magazine? What do we think? 
I really want to know. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, have a fucking fabulous week.